because the Old Testament law, we couldn't follow it. I mean, we fell into the Pharisee part of it. And even nowadays, we're doing the same thing with the New Testament. We fall into this fundamentalism. Oh, we have to do this, this, and this, and this, nitpicking the tiniest little details, but then not focusing in on the person who is coming to our church that desperately needs salvation, that desperately needs God and mercy from people. And oh my goodness, like this was just so clearly laid out for me this week. Verse 18, be careful how you hear. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hey, good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast, soon to be the Bible Explained podcast. Once I uh, go through with that name change, just to let everybody know that that is going to be happening once I can get that up and running. So that'll be soon. So if you see a podcast called The Bible Explained instead of the P40 Ministries, don't worry. It's the same podcast, just with a different title. <laughs> So yeah, content of the podcast, not going to change. Title will, in fact, change. And that's just to help people, you know, who is just like glancing through to, uh, to find a biblical podcast, that they will know what this podcast is talking about. The Bible Explained is literally what I'm doing and going through and uh, basically narrating the Bible, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm doing. And uh, it should be easier for people to know what the podcast is about. Just a couple days ago, actually, I had a young girl who was um, one of the technicians. I, I was at a doctor's appointment and she was asking me some questions. She's like, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you know, I have a podcast. And she's like, oh, what's the name of the podcast? And I'm like, P40 Ministries. And she's like, what? <laughs> and more often than not, I get that response when I say what the podcast name is. So yeah, it, it's probably just better that I uh, change the name to something that people can literally just understand right when I say it. But to everybody who did a vote on the name change, I really do appreciate you guys because I was on the fence as to what I should call the podcast. So thanks to everybody who did their input on the podcast. But let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter 8 verses 18 through 25. And we talked about verse 18 the other day when um, Steve Marston was on the podcast, but I'd like to re-talk about it because it kind of has a lot to do with this next section. So verse 18 kind of ties into everything. So let's go ahead and uh, grab our Bibles, whatever version you prefer, but I'll be reading out the W.E.B. this morning. So grab your Bibles and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's start. 
Be careful, therefore, how you hear, for whoever has to him will be given, and whoever doesn't have from him will be taken away, even that which he thinks he has. His mother and his brothers came to him, and they could not come near to him for the crowd. Some people told him, Your mother and your brothers stand outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Now on one of those days, he entered into a boat, himself and his disciples, and he said to them, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were taking on a dangerous amount of water. They came to him and awoke him and said, Master, Master, we're dying. He awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and it was calm. See Psalm 107, verse 29. He said to them, Where is your faith? Being afraid, they marveled and said to one another, Who is this then that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? So I was trying to figure out a theme of Luke when I first began this book because the first two Gospels that we read had a complete theme of what they were talking about regarding Jesus. Matthew's theme was Jesus is a great teacher. Mark's theme was Jesus is a great servant. And we saw in the book of Mark, Jesus was just jumping from thing to thing to thing. So Mark portrayed Jesus as a great servant and Matthew portrayed Jesus as a great teacher. In other words, the, you know, the Sermon on the Mount was in Matthew and a few other of Jesus's like bigger sermons were in the account of Matthew. But Luke, when I first started, I'm like, what's what's Luke's take on who Jesus is? Like, what's his theme? And I couldn't figure out for a while until recently. And I actually said it on the podcast a couple episodes back where I said that So far, Luke's theme seems to be that Jesus has great authority. So Jesus is authoritative. Everything that Luke's talking about is Jesus has authority. And he keeps using that word authority and showing how Jesus has authority. So that's kind of the same thing here when Jesus calms the storm. He's like having authority now, even over the weather. So, I mean, I think that's interesting. But in Luke 8, verse 18... Jesus was talking with his disciples, and and we talked about this episode with Steve Marston on Tuesday. So if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it because it was really fun. But Jesus gave a parable. His disciples didn't understand, and they came up and talked with Jesus afterward. Like, what's this mean, Jesus? Like, why'd you give this parable, and, and what's it talking about? And Jesus is like... Well, here's what it means. So then he kind of concludes that parable by saying, be careful how you hear. For whoever has to him will be given and whoever doesn't have from him will be taken away, even that which he thinks he has. And I was kind of confused when I read this, uh, this verse, even on Tuesday, I was kind of like, what does this mean exactly? And I think that sometimes when I ask those questions, God kind of reveals it to me. So sometimes I'm like, man, this podcast is, uh, for me sometimes, <laughs> like God shows me a lot <clears throat> through the podcast. And sometimes I remember stuff that I talked about when I see things. But recently, I had an interaction with somebody that I know that kind of brought this this verse to light. Be careful how you hear, for whoever has to him it will be given, and whoever doesn't have, from him it will be taken away, even that which he thinks he has. And that's that's old English. But this person, throughout their entire life, has been hearing falsehoods and believing them And I hate to say that because I truly do love this person. And this person's been in my life for a very long time. But it's it's just a shame 
<clears throat> that they choose to believe these lies and they choose to stay in something that is clearly just wrong according to scripture and continues to teach other people to just stay in this unhealthy church dynamic. And it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit. But this person is choosing to hear incorrectly. And, and they're not focusing in on the gospel. They're not focusing in on loving other people. They're focusing in on action-based works and how can God love me the best it is basically what is happening. And that's where the Pharisees were back in their days. They were constantly thinking, what can I do to better myself and show people around me how great I am and how I follow all these rules and regulations and how I make the law so much harder than it needs to be. And I'm being facetious now, but that's kind of what they did. You know, they were showboating everywhere they went. This verse 18 is a call to people to be careful how they hear. What are they hearing? You know, the Pharisees in Jesus's day, when they read the, the Old Testament law, they were hearing rules, regulations, but Jesus continually quoted to them, Hosea 6, verse 6, I desire mercy and not sacrifices. The entire premise of the law, Jesus says, was summed up by loving God and loving other people. And so the law back in Jesus's day, and even nowadays, people are just getting it wrong of, as to what the point of the Old Testament law was. They were hearing it incorrectly they were choosing picking and choosing what they wanted to hear out of it and oh my gosh we do this nowadays with the bible we pick and choose what we want out of it and we don't read it for what it is a love story to us god sending his son so that we can go and live in heaven with god because none of us absolutely not any of us have been able to hit that mark in order to be on God's good side. We None of us are on God's good side until, of course, Jesus came and made everything right. Because the Old Testament law, we couldn't follow it. I mean, we fell into the Pharisee part of it. And even nowadays, we're doing the same thing with the New Testament. We fall into this fundamentalism where, oh, we have to do this, this, and this, and this. And like, you know, nitpicking the tiniest little details, but then not focusing in on the person who is coming to our church that desperately needs salvation, that desperately needs God and mercy from people. And oh my goodness, like this was just so clearly laid out for me this week. Verse 18, be careful how you hear. And then it goes on to say, for whoever has to him will be given and whoever doesn't have from him will be taken away. Even the stuff that he thinks he has. And that's my own paraphrase. But People think that they have, you know, all this like holiness inside of them because they're following all these rules. But Jesus says here, those same people who believe they are holy on their own account because they follow such and such rule, it's going to be taken away from them. What they think they have is going to be gone. But the people who are searching for the truth are searching for those fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, tenderness, goodness. Uh, I, I can't remember them all, but the fruits of the spirit, the people who are searching for what truly matters to God, what Jesus says, I desire mercy, not sacrifices. The people who are searching for that 
they are going to be given more of what they desire, more of what they want, more of those fruits of the spirit. And then they're going to start producing more and more fruits. Like Jesus says, they're going to start producing tenfolds, then a hundredfolds, then a thousandfolds or whatever. But that's the point of this verse. Be careful how you hear. Even though the Bible is all filled with good, it's all completely good. Our human nature, our sinful nature can take what is good and distort it and make it wrong and teach other people that our distortions of scripture is good and that they need to be following it this way or they're not uh, a Christian. When in actuality, we're just leading them down the wrong paths when we do that. And God says, what Jesus says here, that what we think we have is going to be taken away from us. That holiness that we believe we have is going to be taken from us. And we know that the Old Testament holiness was so important, so important. If we wanted to have a relationship with God, holiness just literally means being set apart. Since God is holy, since God is set apart, we also need to be holy. We also need to be set apart. And obviously, if that holiness that we believe we have gets taken away from us, or rather we never had it, we're not on God's side because we don't have that holiness that we think we have. So yeah, Jesus is is clear. Be careful how you hear. So then in verse 19, his mother and his brothers come to him and they don't have special privileges to go and see Jesus. There was no nepotism whatsoever. Jesus did not give anybody any kind of nepotism. And so they couldn't come near to him because of the huge crowd. So some people come to Jesus and they're like, your mother and your brother stand outside. They want to see you. Go see them. And so Jesus <laughs> sets a really hard boundary with his mother and with his brothers. Because we find out in Mark that Jesus' mother and brothers weren't coming to see him just because they wanted to see him. They were coming to shut him up. They didn't want what he had to say. And probably, you know, Mary, Jesus's mother was afraid. I'm, I'm sure she was terrified of, of the stuff Jesus was saying because he was growing very unpopular with the uh, priests and with the scribes and everybody else. And even Jesus's own hometown, we found out in Luke 4, I think, tried to kill him because of the stuff Jesus was saying. And so Mary was probably afraid. Jesus's brothers did not believe in him. In fact, they... Uh, they, I think in John, they like make fun of him and stuff or say something, a lie about him, or I can't remember what it was exactly, but we'll get to that later. But we find out that Jesus's brothers didn't like what Jesus had to say either. So, I mean, they were coming to stop Jesus. And Mark was really clear that that was the reason why Jesus's mother and brothers came to see Jesus. So Jesus, it doesn't say in any of the accounts of the gospel that he went out to go see them. He might not have. He may have later on, but he might not have. But Jesus says, the people who choose to hear God's word and do it, they are my mother and my brothers. So Jesus stops his mother and his brothers from stopping him because Jesus's message was more important than what his brother, mother and brothers thought about him. And he made that super clear. And so he says, you know who my mother and my brothers are? They're the people who hear. Well, there's that word again. Hear the word of God and do it. And I don't even know. I mean, that could have been like a 
call to his mother and brothers like, you better stop, you know, your unbelief. You better stop trying to stop me. And like I said, that's <laughs> Jesus does make a boundary with his family there to make sure that they're not going to stop him from spreading the good news of God, even though it was unpopular at the time. And we do know that at this time period that Jesus was kind of considered to be out of his mind crazy. That's also what Mark states. People believed Jesus was uh, was nuts because of the stuff he was saying. It was so countercultural, it was so against what the people, uh, like it was so politically incorrect that the people just thought Jesus was nuts. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people did. But anyway, moving forward in verse 22 through 25, we talked about this so many times. I think this has been uh, recorded in all accounts so far about Jesus stopping the storm. And this is important, though, because this does show Jesus's authority. Once again, Luke is showing Jesus's authority, not just authority now over sickness, not just authority over death. We saw even Luke had one account of Jesus uh, raising a young man from the dead. So Jesus was um, authoritative in the way he spoke. He was authoritative over death. He was authoritative over sicknesses. And now he's even authoritative over the wind and the storms and the weather. I mean, who can do that? Literally nobody. I can't go outside and be like, don't be cloudy today, skies. I want sunshine. <laughs> I can't do that. I don't have that in my power to do that. I don't have that kind of authority to decide what the weather is going to be. But Jesus does. And this has been recorded now three separate times about Jesus's authority over the weather. So Luke says that Jesus went to the other side with his disciples in the boat and a storm rolled in. And this was common for this uh, for this time of year for storms to roll in very quickly. And so it said that as they sailed, he fell asleep and the windstorm came down on the lake and they were taking on a dangerous amount of water. So the little boat was about to capsize. Oh, and speaking of, we found out from a different account that there were other little boats following Jesus. So Jesus didn't just save himself and the disciples. He saved all these other little boats that were behind him that could have also been capsized. And so Jesus... <laughs> <laughs> is sitting there sleeping and they come up to him and they're just like master we're dying and i think peter like woke jesus up and he's like didn't don't you even care that we're dying jesus like not asking him to help because that was the level of their unbelief as well they didn't believe jesus had authority over weather and so they're just like master master we're dying and so jesus awoke and he rebukes the wind and the raging water and they cease and it was calm is what it says so he yelled at the wind <laughs> he's like shut up i'm trying to sleep <laughs> that's what i would do anyway i don't know if jesus was like that but yeah anyway it says that and then it was calm and then my bible here has a little note it says see psalm 107 verse 29 so one psalm 107 says he makes the storms calm so that its waves are still and that was prophecy from the book of psalms about jesus so then jesus says to his disciples where's your faith <laughs> i just love this story this this story truly cracks me up every single time i read it and being afraid they marveled saying to one another who is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him so that's, I think, their turning point, point of realizing that uh, Jesus isn't just some prophet, isn't just some man. 
he's got authority even over the weather. You know, he is, he's the son of God. And that's when uh, I think Peter starts realizing it specifically as to the uh, power of who Jesus was. And so that is kind of where we conclude today. But one thing I read a while back is that even if Jesus is in the boat with you, that doesn't mean the storms aren't going to come. But it does mean that we can rely on Jesus when the storms do come in our lives. And I'm, that is not um, credited to me. I read that somewhere. But I thought that was really accurate. You know, sometimes we get like really mad when storms come our way. And we're just like, Jesus, how could you? You know, like, I thought you were on our side. And, and that doesn't mean that storms aren't going to come. Because Jesus was really clear. Storms are going to come. Trials are going to come when you're a Christian. And uh, we're not free from that stuff. But when they do come, we can rely on Jesus to help us, to take care of us, to make sure that our boat does not capsize during that storm. So I thought that was a really great little way to end this podcast episode. But friends, you know, today we talked about um, listening and hearing God's word and making, making sure that we don't twist it, that we realize how loving and how good God really is. Secondly, we talked about Jesus just calming the storm and his authority over it. So that is what we talked about today. And if you guys liked this episode, please share it on your social media platforms. If it convicted you, share it. And uh, good. If it convicted you, good. (laughs) That's a good thing. This episode actually even convicted me. And so, yeah, I mean, I hope you guys are continuing to enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much to the United States for continuing to tune in, for Belgium to continue to tune in and uh, the UK and Singapore as well. So thanks to all of you guys choosing to tune in to the P40 Ministries podcast and be looking out for that name change that should be rolled out um, relatively soon. Friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning in. Happy listening and God bless. <laughs>